Welcome to the house of God this morning. 
Happy to be here? Amen. I was glad when they said to me, come unto the house of the Lord. It's a privilege to be here together. Let's just sing, you unravel me with the melody, no longer slaves. You unravel me with the melody. You surround me with a song, a song of deliverance.
I am a child of God. No matter what the devil may throw at us, I am a child of God. Amen. I would like to sing that song that we've been singing, Egypt. Just before we sing this song, I have a testimony. I have a reason to shout, and I have a reason this morning to give thanks to God. Amen. When it was snowing, and it was, I think it was a Saturday night, and it was, the snow was just piling up and piling up, and my wife and I were coming back from Abbotsford to Surrey. And as we crossed this bridge, as the car began to turn, it went completely sideways, and we started just drifting across this bridge. And then it, it kind of stopped the, stopped the drift and started going straight into the wall. And my wife was sleeping, and she woke up, and, all I, and, I, and, I was, and I'm trying to control the car, and all I can hear her saying is, Help us, Lord, help us, Lord, help us, Lord, help us, Lord. And at that moment, it was almost as if there was a pressure that came at the front of the vehicle. And as we were going right into the wall, we stopped about a foot away from, from this barrier. So I want to give thanks to God this morning. I can stand here and I can say, I am a child of God. I want to thank the Lord. Amen. Let's, let's just start with the course. You're the God who fights for me, Lord of every victory. Hallelujah. Amen. You're the God who fights for me, Lord of every victory. Thank you. 
as we've gathered together as a people. I was glad when they said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. And here we are this morning. We can give him thanksgiving and praise. He's brought us through the deep. He's brought us through the wars. He's brought us through the fire. And yet here we stand as sons and daughters of the living God, singing hallelujah, hallelujah to your holy name, Lord Jesus. We give you praise and thanksgiving, Father, for your protection, Lord, for your love, oh God, for your grace and your mercy, Lord. What a mighty God it is that we serve. Oh, Lord Jesus, where we would be without you, oh God, without your grace, Lord, without your mercy and your love, oh Father. Oh, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I wonder, Brother EBA, if you would be able to come down. Maybe, Victor, you can help him come and open the service in a word of prayer. You're the God who fights for EBA. You're the God who fights for each one of us. Hallelujah. Let's give him praise this morning and Thanksgiving. We have a testimony we want to share from our sister Violet. She wants to thank the Lord for touching Ezekiel. She said uh, he's improving. The tubes have been re removed. He's eating now. The doctors are talking about him going home maybe Thursday or Friday. And she says here, Nathaniel, Melissa, and I want to thank all the saints for all of our prayers. Amen. Thank you, Lord. We also want to remember Sister Monique, Brother Stan, as you're here. Say, God bless you. We're praying for your wife, praying for her full and perfect recovery. Amen. Let us pray. Oh God, you're good. We give you all the glory and all the honor this morning. We thank you because there's no one like unto thee. We thank you because you are the God of our victory. You've won, you've torn apart the sea and you've led us through the deep. In our respective life, we can say, Jesus. We've seen you over and over and over and over and over and over again. And we can just say, even as Paul declared, Blessed be the Lord, the Father of our God, who have blessed us with all spiritual blessings. We thank you for the blessing of peace, the blessing of joy, the blessing of love, the blessing of harmony in our families, in our church. We thank you for all that you've been doing. And yet again, we've come before you, God, to be fed of thee. I pray that you break the bread to meet every need in the name of Jesus. But those present and those that are streaming at this time, Lord, you meet them at the very point of their need. Thank you, Father, because we know you've had an answer. We'll lift up the man of God that will be standing here this morning to speak. I pray you anoint him, O God, and you will speak like an oracle of God in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, in unity we stand and we rebuke the devil that has afflicted the people of God, Sister Monique, wherever she is. We pray that the hand of God will touch her and raise her up from that bed of affliction in the name of Jesus Christ. And Satan, you have no power to live in this place. We rebuke you and we command you, turn the people of God loose in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, may we break out in worship, break out in praise, for in the presence of God, there's fullness of joy and there's pleasure in His right hand forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. 
Glory be to the name of the Lord. Thank you because we know you've answered. Father, if there be any need in the hearts of your people, let the word meet the need in the name of Jesus Christ. If there are any tears in the hearts of the people, let the word of God dry those tears off in the name of Jesus Christ. If there are broken bones in the hearts of the people that is yet to be sealed, the word has been spoken, let it go forth and do what it's promised to do in Jesus Christ's name. Father, we thank you because even the scriptures say, if you can say to this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in your heart, you shall have whatsoever you ask for. Father, we have no doubt in our heart that you answer our prayers, and you grant to us the desires of our heart. Thank you, Jesus. Blessed be your holy name. We give you all the glory. We give you all the honor. Oh, what a God. What a God. You are the God of all wonders, Lord Jesus. Oh, Father, we thank you. We give you all the glory. Bless our service this morning. And wherever your children are gathered, let the same spirit, the same power rest upon them. For we ask thee in Jesus' name. Amen. may have your seats. Let's just sing to God be the glory. My tribute. I think Brother Ray has a special. If you can come and get ready, Brother Ray. Start with the chorus. To God be the glory. To God.
my friend to these words of mine there is an answer to every problem you find they are found in the bible the true word of god in the days eternal life to all that believe god's word is true was written of him. There is a promise to us this day that a mighty prophet is to come our way and we find God's word is true, it will never fail you, if you walk in the light, he'll see you through, like all God's prophets that before us have been, this prophet fulfilled the word. That was written of him. Oh, God's word is true. It will never fail you. If you walk in the light, he'll see you through. Like all God's prophets that before us have been, this prophet fulfilled the word that was written of him. God's word is true. It will never fail you. Bless you. Thanks, Brother Ray. Amen. You believe that? God's word is true. It will never fail you. Let's just sing. Something keeps holding me every day that I see. The trials of this life were getting stronger. The pull I felt was more than I could bear. Something. 
Brother Tom to come. Maybe we can just sing, How Great Is Our God, The Splendor of a King. You ready for the word? I pray that God will meet all of our expectations this morning. We're face to face with God this morning. Amen? Yes, maybe we can all stand. Invite Brother Tom to come.
the great I am. As we've read in the scripture often, you're the Alpha and Omega. You're the beginning and you're the end. You're everything to us, Lord. And so we've come to the house of God this morning where the joy within our hearts knowing we will worship a God of the present and not a God of the past. We're looking to you, Lord Jesus, that's the same yesterday, today, and forever. God, I just pray that the word will be a melody in the heart of every believer this morning. That our hearts can sing, Lord, with victory and triumph in Jesus Christ. Every need met, every burden lifted. And may the grace of God save the lost. Move amongst your people. We're thankful to be in the house of God together. As we turn to the word, open it, we pray. Lord, anoint speaker and hearer. Be glorified, we ask in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Good morning. Nice to see you all this morning with your Bibles in hand and everybody in their place. That's very good. I'd like to greet you in the precious name of Jesus Christ. And again, I want to thank you all for your love, your support, 
your cards, your emails, your texts over this last couple of weeks for support. You have your affirmation towards the, the direction and change of the assembly. Uh, I believe and I've held up true that Brother Biscoll has been an apostle to this message and has been a father of this work. And we're thankful for the man of God and we hold him up dearly and deem it a great honor to be standing here then taking the next step in this course of the direction that God is leading us. So God bless you. We want to keep on remembering Brother Stan. Brother Stan, is he here this morning? There he is. Brother Stan, God bless you. We were uh, sorry we missed you at the hospital yesterday, praying for Sister Monique, meeting your mother or her mother and your sister-in-law. And, uh, of course, your daughters have been there. Sister Monique, she was moving her eyes yesterday. I don't know if your, sister's told, your sister told you. I, I thought she was maybe sleeping a bit. And, and, oh, no, no, her eyes are moving. I said, well, that's a great thing. That's a great thing. If a sister is looking at her sister and says, her eyes are moving, I said, well, that's like the, like the servant saying to Elijah, there's, there's a cloud the size of a man's hand. I don't see the cloud the size of a man's hand, Brother Stan. I hear the abundance of rain. Amen. Amen. We're believing for a miracle on behalf of our dear sister, Monique. God bless you. Amen. Well, with our Bibles, let's turn in the Scripture. We've come to the house of God for. We like to greet all those that are visiting with us this morning. We are just a little bit of a different group. We actually believe the Bible. You look around the room, and I know that's strange, because you'll go to thousands of churches today that don't believe the Bible. They pretend they do. They don't, and that's why God sent a prophet in this last age to point us back to Christ, back to the Word. Not to a man, but to the Word, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so if you hear an amen, that's about, don't get too scared, because I was when I first came to Bible Way. It was very scary for me to hear people say, Amen, Hallelujah, Glory to God. And I know that feeling. And I told them I would never say, Amen, Hallelujah, Glory to God. But today, I'm a Hallelujah, Glory to God, Amen person. Amen. And so, God bless you. And may God just open His Word to each and every one of you. Genesis 1. Just maybe the last portion of this little subject we've been dealing with. Abba, Father. And um, big subject, as I said when we first started this in part one, that's such a huge subject, you can never exhaust it. You can never exhaust it. Yet we read it in Galatians, where Paul write, writes to the Galatians, and he uses the term Abba Father. He uses it to, uh, also the term in Romans, Abba Father. Jesus, going to in Gethsemane, said, Abba Father, if it be possible, take this cup from me. Used three times in the scripture. It's an endearment. It's, it's something that, that you're reaching out for. And uh, it's been a great subject for me personally. And I trust whatever's been ministered has been a strength to you. Um, I, I'm determined within my heart, and, and please help me, is that I don't want to preach sermons. I, I really don't. I, I, I just want to preach what the Lord would lay on our heart that would help your heart, that would help you in your walk with God. And we're, we're fighting a ferocious enemy, a ferocious enemy. 
And he's trying to come in, any, in every and any area of our lives. But I believe a word's come to protect us and in literally engulf us with the very wall of fire of his presence. And I, I believe that with all my heart. If you're not in the message, you're an open target to Satan. And I, I just want that as a precursor and a pre-warning. If this is not your diet, then it's the wrong church. Because this message is everything to a believer. And if, without this message, we'd just be a group of people coming to a Sunday school uh, gathering. Might as well have coffee and sandwiches and pass them around. That is not this church. This church loves the Lord Jesus, loves the word. And we will press on into the kingdom of God. Amen. I think there's some young people that really, young men, that really need a real birthing of the Holy Ghost and fire to let their souls ring out, screaming out, being a Paul Revere of our day, and, and know that we are riding to a promise of God to a change in the atoms. Churchianity to me really is foul. It really is. I, I, uh, I darkened the door of a few churches in my life, and all it was was a bunch of nonsense. They, they put on their garbs and they put on their uh, demonstration of religion, but it didn't meet the deep that was calling to the deep. And may the Lord Jesus make your deep call for more of God. Today also we have a baptism. And Sister Shiloh Van Enter is going to go to the waters of baptism this morning. I believe that's a great victory for the church. And God bless her. I know that this has been for a while. And Brother Michael will be baptizing her right after the message this morning. So I'll try and be as concise as I can. And uh, we'll go from here. Kept you standing already too long. So Genesis 1. Verse 1, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the faces of the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. Amen. Turn to two, ver, uh, chapter 2, verse 3. Genesis chapter 2, verse 3. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because that in it he had rested from all his work which God created and made. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his word. You may have your seat. I'd like you to keep your Bibles open. Uh, we'll be reading now verse 2. I'm sorry, Genesis 2 verse 7. The Bible says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and became a living soul. 
So now we've got, we're sort of just a little bit, we've touched a little bit on it, and of course you've heard and read your Bibles and realized the, the steps of creation, and God was creating man. And when he created every creature, as listening to the prophet say today, the first thing he created was a jellyfish or a frog. And then from there up, he went to man. And once he hit man, there's no higher creation than mankind. And so then, of course, God had his perfect masterpiece family. Anything that God does is a masterpiece, period. And of course, everybody, you know, when they buy something, they like to buy something of value. And when they buy it of value, they never like to say, made in Indonesia, or made in China, or made in Japan. Because that was, uh, for some reason, um, those were developing countries after the war, and nobody, everybody wanted to be made in America or, or made somewhere. And it's got to be stamped to give it value. And the value of ourselves, it's not that we've been made by Laodicea. We've been made by heaven. And we've come from God and we will go back to God. And it's not made by Cloverdale Bible Way. It's made by the word of the Lord. We are his workmanship. And we meet, we, as we realize and we look at and how then that God creates, when he starts his creation, it always is good. But when he created man, it was very good. And I want to say to you this morning, don't look at your process, look at the end. I know every one of us have a problem with each other's process. And maybe somebody has been farther along in their process and you say, well, I like what I see in them, but I sure don't like to see. Just a minute, God's not finished yet. <laughs> Just a minute here. God's not finished yet. So when you look around the room and you look at one another, you want to realize that if God starts a work, he finishes it. And when God finishes it, it, it is a good work. Okay, so we're just laying a little bit of a thought for you because a lot of us don't think even too much of ourselves You don't even have to look at one another or the fellow behind you The devil beats you up enough And I always I always wondered I remember preaching a lot of church. I've never found the devil's Bible And people will believe the devil and God gives you a whole Bible And you can barely believe that but he has nothing, and you believe his nothing. Why don't you believe what God said? You're the victorious bride of Jesus Christ, chosen, elected, predestinated before the foundation of the world. So indeed, you are indeed something. Well, we got, you got you somewhere. So the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the earth, and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and made him a living soul. But there came a time that God saw in the word, and Jeremiah, I know you could say an amen to me, he thought it was not good for Jeremiah to be alone. <laughs> I see, I heard an amen there. And the single sister said, it's not good that a woman should be alone or a man should be alone. Okay. 
covered that. We got that out of our system. It does not matter. Everybody gets this thing. If I'm not married by 18, I'm a, I'm a what am I, an old maid? Is that, is, is that the expression that goes around? If I'm not married by 23, I'm an old maid. Brothers, I won't look at the sisters, I'll look at you. Just remember, I hope I get there. I, Isaac was 40. Thank you, Billy. <laughs> you know, everybody wants it to happen now. We just want it when God has it. Our Heavenly Father knows exactly who and what we need. Amen. I had a young fellow. I went out for a little bite to eat. He says, you know, I'm starting to understand that I don't have to look down five years. I could even look up four or five years. I says, bingo. I'll let that one settle in. It is not good that man be alone. But if we very quickly went into it, it's not good that God himself would be alone. Because God is going to have a bride. And she's in the making. The Lord said in uh, 2 verse 18, the Lord said, it's not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helpmate. And the Lord caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam and he slept and he took of his rib. He closed up the flesh again thereof and the rib and the Lord God. Remember as we took three meetings ago, it was the Elohim, God, the Word in Genesis 1. But when he created his family, he became Lord God, one who dwells with his family. God wants to dwell with his family. And if you're his family this morning, I want you to know that God is a very present help. And we will go along this road. And, the, and, and he caused a great deep sleep to fall on Adam. He slept. He took out of the, one of his rib and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord had taken from the man made he a woman and brought her unto the man. It was God that brought Eve to Adam. It was God that brought Eve to Adam. Brother Bram said in the adoption series and in Genesis 2 when he made man, he said, I am J-V-H-U. I am Jehovah. What did it mean? I am the all-existing one who has created something off of myself to be a son of mine or an amateur little one of mine, oh glory. Jehovah means that he gave man to be an amateur God because he is Father God and he made a man an amateur God. So he isn't self existing anymore, he exists with his family. Amen. Allah, Elohim. Now, he's Jehovah. Jehovah meaning one who exists with his family. 
So God always wants to exist with his family. So all through the ages, when man fell in the Garden of Eden, God wanted or desired or had to restore fallen man back to have that perfect masterpiece family. So far, so good. Brother Brown preaches a message called Masterpiece. He is wanting a family that has dominion over this earth. He's wanting a family that is predominant over all the earth. The earth was man's dominion. And we can barely get dominion of ourselves. If you can't take dominion over this flesh, this earth, how are we going to take dominion over that earth? So by the word of God this morning, I want you by your confession, say the problems that have plagued you will plague me no more. I want to hear an amen. I want you to, I want you to confess it. Because there's complexes and there's problems that you have lived with all your life. But even in the garden, as it was a shadow of good things to come, they had dominion and we don't. And we've got the Holy Ghost. We say we got the Holy Ghost. But you don't know my personality. I got the Holy Ghost. It's bigger than your personality. It's bigger than your problem and your complex and what you think that, you know, you can't put under the blood. Everything can be put under the blood this morning. Can you imagine if we actually took this last two minutes of just those last few sentences and said, I deny that demon that has tried to hold me back from my victory. And you actually took your foot and say, I'm going to be like Joshua putting my foot on the neck of the kings. And it's not going to be a story. It's going to be a reality. I believe you there'll be a few sisters actually shaking a tambourine this morning. I believe there'll be a few brothers that break out of their shackle of... Mm-hmm. I, I, I think probably in a couple of... When, when we have spring, we should have a baseball game. And I'm not playing, but I'm going to watch you play. Mm-hmm. And some sister's going to hit a ball, and I'm going to hear half the screaming going on. And it'll probably come from this section over here. Run, 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 run. Mm-hmm. And a brother will hit a home run, and Andrew will show his muscles. And, and I, the place would come alive over a baseball game. But I'm telling you, you can put every demon that's afflicted you under your feet. I, I, I can see a people rise to their feet, lift up their hands and say, praise the Lord, I am free. Not a camp meeting, but having a camp meeting. <laughs> Amen. Not getting excited because somebody's excited, being excited because you believe the word. Because there's a stimulation of revelation that comes by believing the word. Does mm-hmm. that actually what the word says? I can bind that serpent. I can bind that devil. I can tell him to get behind me. Yes, you can. 
this is, this is me. Who says it is you? Brother Bram said, you haven't seen the real me yet. So I don't know what you think your me is. And I don't even know who the real me is either. But we get over there, I hope I enjoy the real me, which I believe I will. Because I don't like me now. <laughs> but we need to put this under. This flesh under. He said in Genesis, they, they, they were predominant over the earth. They had dominion over the earth. The earth was man's domain. If, there, if that's his domain, and he was a small G-O-D over the earth, and he could speak and it could exist, and now exist with his family, and with his little ones that were with him, there you are. Now when God made man in the beginning, he made man to fellowship with him. He made man to fellowship with him. Now, how many of you, I know, I know some of you go to the ocean and you walk the beach and you, you know, you're with friends or you're with family or you're with somebody. Have you ever walked with somebody that's never said a word? And then you would, if they have, and you've gone a few hundred steps, you turn to them and say, what's the matter with you? Did I do something wrong or what's going on? There's no fellowship. And, and that's just on a very natural basis. You could be walking with your wife, your fiance. I don't care who you're walking with. And if you're not talking, you're not having fellowship. Why? Is there a barrier? Is there a problem? Why aren't you speaking? Why aren't you talking? And many times when you, when you walk those kinds of walks, you open your heart and you have a lovely time. Because you bore all out. You can have that kind of time with him. And have a lovely, wonderful time in the presence of the Lord. You get on the phone. Some of the sisters can be on the phone. These guys that get engaged, these long distance engagements. And I've asked them, how long were you on the phone? And they say, for three hours. I say, my goodness, what do you talk about for three hours? I'm looking at you. For three hours, what on earth are you talking to each other for? Andrew, you never did that, did you? Two hours, right? Five. I, can I ask? I won't look. Do you now talk to each other for five hours straight? <laughs> then as time goes on, we take people for granted. It's like that fellow whose wife has never been told that her husband loves her. Finally, she, after years and years and years, she says, you know, how come you never told me you love me? He said, I told you once. Isn't that good enough? And that almost, and I don't mean to be comical, but I want to get a point across. That's not fellowship. That's not communion. That's not speaking to Abba Father. He loves fatherhood. 
A father is responsible for providing emotional, social, spiritual protection and support for his family. That's a father's position. And you can look up that definition and you'll find it a lot longer than what I've penned it down to. Fatherhood is a privilege and an honor. Fatherhood is special. We gloss over a lot of things and we who are fathers thank, should and do thank God daily for the children and for the wife for the things that he does provide. If he provides for us, then it's our duty as Paul writes to Timothy, if a man does not provide for his family, he is worse than an infidel. And an infidel, I know that sounds, that almost sounds like we're in the Koran or something. If infidels. But if you take a look at the Greek, it is really means unbeliever. If you don't provide for your family, you're worse than an unbeliever because even unbelievers provide for their family. I've talked to different ones over the years and can't hold a job or they can't do this, they can't do that. A lot of times I always get drilled down and I always say, well, why, why, what on earth for? I said, there should be no reason. God is our provider. I said, and I always get it down to a very quick question. When's the last time you paid your tithes? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You don't pay tithes. I don't know what you're doing. You're robbing God, the scripture says. Don't, don't expect it to all be rosy. These are important things. And as a father, we should be able to teach our children these things. When you did your little paper route and you made a dollar fifty, you owe the Lord 15 cents. Get them while they're young. Then you don't have to tell them. It's an automatic thing because that's what fatherhood does. It teaches their children biblical principles so a church can be strong. Is everybody okay? These are just basic things, but I, I want to get this subject a little bit off of, off of maybe uh, and move on to another thought. But I, I really want to get on to because a father is always interested in who son and daughter get married to. As I told the brothers in the, in the, in the back room, I said, I, th I might have a few dads a little bit upset today. I'm not preaching doctrine. Don't worry. I'm not preaching on arranged marriages. Don't worry. But it leans more to having those than not. If I had daughters, you better believe I'd be arranging marriages. <laughs> Get that out of the tape, please. Fatherhood is such an important, important position. And I appreciate daddies who take not only months but years. And, and you say, do we have daddies in here that have prayed for years for their daughter? Yes, we do. We indeed do. Because when you get married, it's married forever. 
It's a vow unto death. There is no open door for a separation or for a divorce. I know that this is very, very um, elementary, but it's not being preached. A father is responsible for providing emotional, social. Now, social is a very uh, um, broad word. We got a whole row of dad, new dads. And I, it really shocks me when I see these brothers that are so on fire for God, so laid back with their children, cradling them in their arms. But what are they doing? They're bonding with their children. That's fine. That's good. It has its place. But as they grow up, if you don't have that bond, then they don't have a relationship to talk with daddy over other certain matters regarding their social life. For some... This might not be applicable, but this is only, this is a portion that we're going to cover. You must be involved in their social activities. Some are writing notes and some are just looking down and not even wanting to look at me. That's okay. But as you find out, as they grow up, there's going to be so many challenges and so many People, you do not want them around. And you say, well, Brother Tom, we're a, we're a church of believers. They are not a believer until they're born again, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost. And a, a devil can get on them. You say, are they demon possessed? I said, a devil can get on them and use another person to influence your children and go to a place you don't want them to go. Build up a relationship so that you can have fellowship so that you can be involved in their social life. Not domineering. You get domineering, you'll drive them from your family. Brother Branham had this, had a a wonderful, wonderful window for us to understand. Told me, he said, Rebecca needs a friend now. A friend. Because if you won't be a friend, she'll find somebody to be a friend. Fatherhood. We have a great responsibility of providing emotional Social, spiritual protection, my goodness. To allow them to read anything outside. Listen, I know I'm a little bit dogmatic. But let me tell you something. If, if you're allowing even your children to look at a Joel Olstein, and I'll say his name, there's, I don't think I can handle five seconds let alone five minutes, let alone buy a book, 
of somebody who doesn't even know God. So the material that your children are reading is important. Very important. And if you want to ask my boys, every book they ever read, I read before they read the book. And that's a lot of reading. But it's something, saints of God, I don't care if you're a single person and you're very close to a certain family. We have a part to play in their social relationship. And we want to be a positive influence in the things of God. Children in this assembly, we had children that were growing up when my boys were growing up that we were adamant that they would not be around. And you go, oh my goodness, are you going to be that open? Brother Tom, I'm going to be that open. And they're not here today. My children are by the grace of God. I am by the grace of God. My wife is by the grace of God. But it's something, saints of God, you've got to build when they're young so that when they're teenagers and they're going out to hang around guys that have no Holy Ghost, no governor on their lives, they're going to influence your daughter and they're going to influence their son, your son. But you've got to keep them in a calm relationship Social relationship, friendly relationship, loving relationship with yourself. I know it's fair of the rod, you spoil the child, but you beat the child, you'll drive them out. God is only interested because He Himself designed and created a masterpiece family. And I know that when these masters, these artists that take a chisel and take a hammer from a block, I'm sure if the block of marble had feelings, when that chip went off, it hurt. And sometimes the word comes and chips away at us. But I just want you to keep in mind that God is creating once again a masterpiece family. Amen. Brother Bram said in the masterpiece, the great masterpiece of a family, the second Adam the second Eve now, are ready for the garden. Well, he preaches Christ of mystery, God revealed. He talks about the three purposes of God as a, of second Adam, the second Eve, and Eden again. And so what is in God's mind is that we go to a millennium, that we dwell with our heavenly Father, which is embodied within the body of Jesus Christ, who indeed is the supreme deity of God. Oh, what a fellowship. Oh, what joy divine. Now ready for the garden, the millennium, 
Amen. Back on earth. Hallelujah. The great sculpture didn't leave them laying there. When they fell in the garden, he didn't leave them there. So then if he created a gain, and now we say the second Adam is Christ, and we took and we took scriptures and take things are to be, and here are Pastor Brother Biscoll have preached on over the years that that seed went from prophet to prophet to prophet to prophet. And Brother Branham said in things that are to be, finally the seed found the womb of a virgin and brought forth a perfect masterpiece. If you read the message, masterpiece, you'll find out, Brother Branham said, what took millions of years to create his first masterpiece family. It now is only taking thousands of years. So it's a wonderful thing to know that we are in the making. That's a little bit... um, a little bit different than when, when I first got saved because I thought I was going to move mountains the very moment I caught the revelation, speak to this mountain. And I really thought I had a revelation. If you say to that tree, be plucked up and put over there, that's what we're being brought back to. And how many of you have spoken to mountains, ranges that did not move? Am I the only one? I got two. I got three. (laughs) Motive and objective. If you need to move it, it will be moved. But just remember, and I always make reference back to why Christ speak. Brother Bram says, if he told me that George Washington was going to raise up, I would invite the world Because he told me, he told me, speak to the squirrels. He told me, tell Sister Hattie Wright. He told me, little fishy, I give you your life. That's having fellowship. Come on. That's having fellowship with the Father. Jehovah of the old is Jesus of the new. Is that true? So then it was God that spoke to him. It was Jesus that said to him. You'll see a boy, as somebody preached not too long ago, and he'll have stockings on, and he'll have shorts on, and he'll be this position, and it'll be this kind of car, and he will be run over, and he will be dead. Do you understand, Brother Brennan was actually walking in the vision. But it wasn't until the hand of God came on him. Then he was aware. There's the mountain. There's the car. There's the boy. Label me a false prophet. If that boy doesn't raise up from the dead, in the name of Jesus, rise up. Why? He had fellowship with the Father. Hallelujah. 
If I can prod you in love, fellowship with Jesus, walk with Jesus, talk with Jesus, commune with Jesus. Yeah, I mean, how many have ever had a, a, a friend that you didn't know until you just met them? I have a hard time with that one myself. Like Thane, I wouldn't know him from a hole in the wall. Outside, he comes to camp, he comes to church, he sits in here. I don't know him as a friend, friend like I do Ken, that I've grown up since 13, and now, you know, 50 some odd years later, a scary thought. But for me to get to know Thane, we have to be together. We have to go eat together, talk together. What's your what likes and dislikes? What's your wants and wishes? You have to build a relationship. We can't be just best buds. How you doing, buddy? Will you buy me a new car? <laughs> no. <laughs> right? You, 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 even your best friend won't buy me a new car. Maybe he would. I, don't, I haven't tested him on that. <laughs> oh, he says he would. There you go. <laughs> but it, it, I want you to understand, it doesn't matter. You can know somebody. But to really know them in fellowship, you have to spend time with them. You cannot be an island to yourself if this church is going to be strong. They said, well, how was it at Bible Way when Bible Way first started? And, 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 and fries my boys. After church, we used to have them on Wednesday night, have them over for coffee. In between services, we'd have them over for lunch and come back to church. And after church on Sunday night, we'd have people over again for, for maybe a coffee and cake. And then I'm worn out already talking about it. But we did it, honey, didn't we do it for years? Ken, didn't we do this for years? Bev, didn't we do this for years and years and years and years? But if you stay to yourself, you don't really get to be a strong family. Somebody said to me, oh, I can't have you over, Brother Tom. Uh, you'll expect a steak and, yeah, well, that'd be nice. <laughs> I'll take that. But I said, you know what I'll take? Popcorn and lemonade. How hard is it to pop popcorn? You say, oh, I'd never serve him popcorn. Okay, serve me a cookie and coffee. I don't care. Biscuit. Nothing. Give me a glass of water. Are you getting my picture? Saints of God, we got to stop being an island to ourselves and being a family. Gary makes the best tacos. Anybody want tacos? There's the place to go. Line them up and take your number. I'm first. Now smoke chicken. Look over at Jeff. Every one of you have got something to offer somebody. I just was over with a couple, and they said, we just had brother so-and-so over. I'm amazed at their testimony. But you know what? They are a stronger couple that didn't know each other today than they were two weeks ago. Oh, they won't come over. Ask them. I was asked the other day, how many times do you get asked out in a month, Brother Tom? Or is it you asking everybody else out? Oh, that got quiet. I will talk to these brothers. (laughs) 
For me, I don't have a complex. I know you love me, or you wouldn't be here. But there's a lot of people here that would love to hear your story. I did my, I did my uh, testimony at camp. It was a very hard thing for me to do. I've never done it in a full session, ever. And I don't know whether, Curtis, you saw that or not. I hope it was a blessing. And if you felt that you needed to see it or want it, I think Michael has it on the webpage somewhere. But we need that kind of closeness because the world and Satan is dividing the families. Do I hear an amen? amen. It's Satan that's dividing the husband from the wife, the children from the parents. It's true. But it shouldn't be in the household of faith. And so now we want to be strong in the Lord Jesus. Strong in the word. Building up the body of Christ. Not dividing it. Building it. Not expecting somebody else to have you. But you have them over. You say, well I hardly got 10 square feet. Then jam them in. Brother Murphy and I preached in a room of about 100 square feet with about 100 people in there. I know what it is to be in a sardine can. But we had wonderful fellowship around the word. It's, okay. I don't want to say, is that okay? Because you're all going to say it's okay. But can I say, will you do it? Boy. Just got past the half page and I got 24 pages. Family's important. Family is important. Fellowship is very, very important. Can we turn to Matthew 25? Matthew 25, verse 1. Wow. Where does the time go? Where does the time go? You're just too easy to speak to. Matthew 25, verse 1 says, Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise, and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. Those that were foolish took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. Something wants to cry out, burn on. Burn on. Holy Ghost, burn on. You can have a vessel without oil or a vessel with oil. The wise have no oil, or I'm sorry, the unwise have no oil, and the wise have oil. 
You must determine to yourself, I want to be a wise virgin. I want the oil of God. I want the Holy Ghost. I want Jesus living in me. I want fellowship in this vessel. I want to walk with Christ, talk with Christ, live with Jesus. They didn't want him. The bridegroom is coming. They didn't want him. But there was a group that wanted him. They wanted the Holy Ghost. They wanted the fire of God. They wanted to be Mrs. Jesus. Ah, but we get too busy. Busy doing what? It's Laodicea that is causing your busyness. And your busyness is destroying your home. But the wise took oil in their vessels and their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. But at midnight, oh my goodness, Warren, I just love you to jump to your feet and say, Midnight's here. Oh, when is midnight going to be? We're in midnight. We're now reading scripture that's very applicable to us. We're not reading a, 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 a Bible that's not applicable. I could actually take it and go to Luke 4 and say, this day, this scripture is being fulfilled in your ears. Because there's a people now that have no oil. And they want oil. Can't get oil. They want it from you. But you keeping it to yourself because you don't have enough. You only got enough for yourself and your family. Hmm. So at the midnight, there was a cry made. Don't tell me this world does not know that Malachi 4 went around it 33 or seven times for 33 years. Do not tell me that they didn't know a prophet's come to this generation. They did when he was here. But Satan has smothered it. Come on. Smothered it. It's the greatest message to mankind. And we are not going to lose this vision. We are going to cry with the cry. It's a mighty voice. And he said a mighty voice. And we will be the final voice to the final age. If you're not getting it, ask God to get it. Without this message, there's no rapture. Does everybody get that? Don't play church. Bring Christ to church with you. Come on, fire. Come expecting. Come on, saints. We got people that have needs. I walk around my own house saying, Lord, am I failing you? I must be failing you. I don't want to fail you. I want to walk with you so that when I lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. Is that not what we want? Wherever two or three touching any one thing agree, shall have what you ask. Is that not Bible? Do we believe it? Do we want it? Do we cry for it? Is that our deep calling to the deep? Or do we just want to sit in a certain seat and look over the congregation? Lift up your head. 
Your redemption draws nigh. There's a cry at midnight. And that cry is this message. And without this message, there is no oil. People can say they're in the message. If you're not living the message, you've got no oil. You're living on your own steam. You watch, well, you watch people. Watch people grow cold. You've seen them. I've seen them. You've seen that light and that little candle go down, down. And they know that they should refill it, but why don't they? Why don't they? Has Satan so stole their joy and desire for the things of God that they just want the easy Believe something and not press the kingdom? I cannot find the prophet not pressing for his next pull. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. When he knew that there was three pulls coming, that first pull, he was looking for the next pull. He was looking then for the next pull. He was looking for the coming of the Lord. He's looking for the change. He says, I pray that I'm here when we get a body change. But that generation that comes after me, when you see it, we're in that age. We're in that hour. Don't let the devil try and say, this is going to go on and on and on. I plan on going in a rapture with you. I plan on going in a rapture with Brother Biscoll and Sister Biscoll. I'm sorry, friends. I can't see anything other than that. But they couldn't see anything other than going into rapture with Malachi 4 either. We must press the kingdom. We must have fellowship. We must have a family. Then as the virgins arose, trimmed their lamps, and the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil. Our church that left doesn't have any oil. People go and they're drinking beer. They have no oil. Then they want to call you up out of the blue. Listen, you want, here's my pat answer. Are you wanting God? If you don't want God, I don't have time. You say, well, that's being pretty hard. Is that hard? Thank you. Don't say that. If, it's, if, if, if you think that is hard, let me know. But if you don't want Christ, do we have time? It's the closing hours. It's the closing moments of time. Brother Bram said, even if there's just a little twinge, respond to God. Because there's a lifting, Eden. There's a lifting. And if you're not in it, don't get left behind for a tribulation. They arose, give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. Rather, to them that sell and buy for yourselves. And well, they went to buy. They put some effort into it now. When they went to buy, the bridegroom came. And they that were ready went in with him to the marriage and the door was shut. And after came also the virgin saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. 
And he answered and said, Verily I said unto you, I know you not. They did not have fellowship. They had no oil. They had no God. The oil is the person of Christ himself. It's to know him as a friend. I'm sorry for being so tardy in preaching my message to you this morning. I have so much more to cover, but I don't want to wear you out. We have a baptism. Brother Branham said in the church age book, in the Pergamian church age, he said, this prophet will come. And as the forerunner to the first coming cried, behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. Even so will he no doubt cry out, behold the Lamb of God coming in glory. He will do this for even as John was the messenger of truth to the elect, so is this one the last messenger to the elect, to the word born bride. God building his masterpiece family again. He was the word. She's the word. Do I hear an amen? amen? Adam and Eve were the first marriage made in Eden. Everybody okay with that? God brought Eve to Adam. God was present to unite the couple as one. He's the word you're the word. God has to be present to bring this Eve to Adam. Are you present, Eve? I want you to scream out, Amen. Now I'll close with this, musicians. Please come. If you look under the Hasidic Jew or you study the wedding of a, a Jewish wedding, they need a rabbi. You can actually have a wedding without a rabbi, but to the Hasidic Jews, that's not classed as a, a wedding. Well, I thought, man, it's pretty close to this. You know, you go to the mayor of the city or somebody and get married by a civil, and they don't class it as a marriage, neither do we. This is where you get married. And that's what I tell couples that go cross-border shopping. And we have to fill out forms to get them married. But when they're in my office and we fill out those forms and I look them dead in the eye, and some of you that know that I've had to do this with, I tell you, they might say you're married. But I'm telling you before God, you're not married until you stand right here. I thought I'd get a bigger amen than that. Especially from daddies. So you have to have an Adam and you have to have an Eve. Brother Bram said that masterpiece Adam is present. The son of man is here. He said his bride is here. Then where's the ring? Because in a Jewish wedding... It's the male that gives the ring to the bride. <clears throat> Excuse me. Everybody, I want, I'll get this one real slow for you. 
It's the male that gives the ring to the bride. It cannot have a diamond. Oh, you brothers that'll go from here on saying, I'm Jewish. I got paid money for this statement. <laughs> There's no ruby, emerald, diamond on that ring. There's no engraving on that ring. But the ring has to be gold and has to be of value. Then the male gives his promise to be faithful to her alone. Everybody's really interested in this. We've had hundreds of weddings here. Huh? And you say, well, if we're being married and we're going to the wedding supper and the Son of Man is here in this perfect masterpiece family, the bride's here, he's here, what did he do in invisible union? What did he do? He slipped the wedding band of unmerited, predestinated grace on your finger. And he classes you today as married. You are married. Hallelujah. You are Mrs. Jesus Christ. And let no devil, no imp, no Laodicea divide this family. Come on, people. You're married, and you're married to him, and no imp is going to divide you from this message. Hallelujah. Victor, I thought you'd actually run up to the front on that one. What's going on down there? Somebody steal your joy. Come on. See, you start it once. You're expected to do it again. Huh? But listen, saints of God, it wasn't her giving him the ring. You look in the, in the Talmud, you look wherever they want to, they look and how they get their ceremonies is beyond me. Their oral law, I don't get. But I do get the point where it's only the male that gives the ring. And then I thought, oh, Jesus, you had your prophet here to give us the ring from God himself, the ring of unmerited, predestinated favor with God. Aren't you happy? Aren't you thrilled? He's not marrying somebody out there. He's marrying you, the chosen, the elected. That's why Melchizedek is here. He's the priesthood, and the priesthood is doing the wedding. Out of page 15, but we'll just keep on going. I'm going to be going away for a couple of weeks. These brothers will preach you happy, I'm sure. But they had to have a rabbi. Uh-huh. And they, we had to have a priest. We had to have the son of man. Amen. Have a son of man to put that wedding band on your and my finger. It is not an expression. It's a reality. Jesus has married you. Hallelujah. He said it. Your prophet said it. 
that came from the very throne of God. Can't you see why I'm happy? I've accepted the word of the Lord. Might as well get ready for a baptism, honey. Can't you see? Oh, I, I'm so happy. Why don't you stand as we change our position? You're in prophet country right here. Listen, without the prophet, none of us would be standing here. So I don't sing the chorus. I've accepted the word of the Lord by the prophet of Malachi 4. No, no. God was so proud of that son. Come on. He had his picture taken with his prophet. If God so loved that man, can't I love him? Can't I appreciate his ministry? Can't I appreciate the gift of God, the life he lived? And slipped on my finger by the word. The wedding band of God. So when you say prophet of Malachi 4, you say it like you mean it. Can't you see? agree together. Just give me your hand. Just give me your hand.
Listen, if, 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 if God was so interested in Isaac having a bride, and he would send Eliezer 1,200 return miles to get his son a bride, don't you think our Heavenly Father would lead heaven and glory and anoint a son of man in this hour? to hunt out his bride that's part two we'll get that next week god bless you you have your seats <laughs> amen well isn't this a moment i was telling brother marco and sister sharon we heard about family this morning and here we can have the burden the desire of a mommy and a daddy living a life laboring for the kingdom of God and what a reward yes. amen, that the Lord would give this morning Shiloh has desired to be baptized and this hasn't been it's not been it's been a long time hasn't it it's been a burden of her heart for a little while but when there's something welling inside and there's a seed inside it's going to just be persistent right. amen brother Brandon speaks about that little lady who's was persistent right Persistent, even a crumb. She was persistent, and that's the seed of God. It's going to be persistent, Shiloh. Because it's not just a. And I, I had a scripture. I was just pondering your baptism. Uh, and yesterday, and I wrote. I just. I was thinking of. I was thinking of Samuel. How the Lord called Samuel, and he would call, and he. The scripture says, and the Lord called Samuel, and he answered. He said, Here am I. And he ran to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou calledest me. And he said, I called not. Lie down again. And he went and lay down again. You know, we don't really realize service after service, maybe camp through camp, you know, day after day, devotion at home, devotion at school, and the Lord just keeps calling. And you don't really realize maybe what's really tugging there. And Samuel was, you know, some, something was pricking his heart, as the scripture said. We were pricked in their hearts. And so Samuel went back to bed, and the scripture continues and said, Samuel did not know the Lord, neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed unto him. And the Lord called Samuel again a third time, and he rose and went to Eli. He said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. Amen. The Lord has called you. He's called you. And he, the Lord's persistent, too. Amen. The Lord's persistent. And Eli said unto Samuel, Go lie down, and it shall be, if he call thee, that thou shalt say, Speak, Lord. Thy servant heareth. And so Samuel went and lay down in his place, and the Lord came and stood, and, it called, it, and called as at other times, Samuel, Shiloh. Shiloh, then Samuel answered, Speak, for thy servant heareth. And the Lord has spoke to you, Shiloh. And he said, Shiloh, time and again, and there's a time where you say, Lord, I'm hearing you, and I'm coming, and I'm wanting to be baptized. I'm wanting to give my heart to the Lord. Amen. We're, we're, we're witnessing a moment. We're witnessing a name change this morning. Amen. Amen. That's part of a wedding. As we heard, the wedding band would go on, but a name has changed. Amen. You receive the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And I was just thinking about Samuel. Samuel's, when God called him, it was to Samuel. It was personal. It wasn't to Samuel in a group of and other people in the room. It wasn't, it was his moment. And God called him specifically. And God called you, Shiloh, specifically. Not, not, a, not a, a group call, a personal call. And that's something you hold. Samuel hold, held that for the rest of his days. God called him for a purpose. And God's called you for a purpose. Amen. this is your time. 
Amen. And I, I was just, I had my Bible sitting beside my chair, and I had just been writing, thinking about the scriptures and the baptism today. And I looked, to, looked at my Bible, and I looked at the just randomly looked at the end of the, of the passage of Scripture in 1 Samuel. And at the very end, the very last verse, it says in verse 21, And the Lord appeared again in Shiloh. And I thought, that's for you, honey. May the Lord appear again in this Shiloh. Man, he called you. He's going to come and now live through you. Amen, at this time. And so, may Christ appear in this Shiloh. Once again, amen. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, we stand here in the waters of baptism. Lord, as one of your children, precious daughter. And Lord, we're praying, Lord, that as you called Samuel, you called Shiloh, Lord, so specifically. Lord, as she is desired, Lord, and she spoke with her parents, you said, I, I, she's, Lord, as she's sensed your nearness and desiring, Lord, to move closer to you. And Lord, she's received, Lord, she's also now responded to the call. As Lord, even Isaiah, Lord, he, the coal of, from the fire of God touched his lips, Lord, and he changed his life. He said, Lord, here am I now. Send me. I pray, oh God, that, Lord, you would fill this vessel this morning. Lord, that she would, Lord, raise up and say, oh, Lord, here am I. Send me. May, Lord, the Shiloh, the peace of God, so abide in this, this one, oh God, that she would, Lord, be a different, Lord, your scripture says, newness of life and a new creation, Lord, a completely transformed transformation as we said at camp we desire not a conforming but lord a transforming Hallelujah. so lord we pray she is identifying herself with you lord this would be the moment that she would remember lord an anchor in her heart that she is lord dedicated her life from here on forward lord i am a child i'm the daughter i'm the bride of jesus christ for i've accepted the name change and i am now as we just heard even today mrs jesus christ Hallelujah. Sister Shiloh, yes. you've said by your own confession, you surrendered your heart to the Lord, you repented, and you're desiring to follow and walk in his footsteps. And so I baptize you this morning in the true Christian baptism in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Bless you. Brother Tim reminded me that I'm not here next week, so it'll be three weeks from now. So he said, Don't prophesy, maybe he'll have to preach it, but I'll, I'll take it. God bless you. Let's stand. There's a city far beyond the starry sky. There's a city far beyond the starry sky.
that's where I'm going today. Amen, Brother Stan. There's a promise. No sickness. No tears. No heartache. No pain. What a place. Just always remember. And if you want to do a nice study before when I get back, is who is this Melchizedek? Future home. Brother Bram said Abraham had to know the city had to be somewhere because he had contact with the king of that city. And when Brother Branham made the announcement, who is this Melchizedek? And if we are of Abraham's seed, saints of God, keep looking up. Keep looking up. Your redemption is drawn nigh. It's close. It's at hand. Prod yourself. Get closer fellowship and communion with the King. And may God bless you as your families, as you have your Bible times together, your good times. So saying to one brother, they said, well, how, do you ha- how did you have your little Bible studies? Well, I never preached out of my preach here. I'd take a subject maybe one of the brothers would have preached and how is that applicable and take some scripture and we talk about it around the table. That's all you need, just encourage them in the faith. Lead them by scripture and watch God watch over your children. God bless you. Let's bow our heads in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, little subject ending, Lord, and Abba, Father, my dear Heavenly Father, you take care of everything, Lord, that I have and what I am. You've watched over myself, my wife, my children, and this church. I pray, Heavenly Father, that I could be an obedient son, walk in the glory land way, and have fellowship with the King. I pray that your blessing be upon this church and upon the saints of God that attend. May they have a closer walk with Jesus. Father, let the word of God unfold to them. And may this unveiled Christ become more real and alive to their hearts. So as we go in our separate ways in each one, Lord, this afternoon as they'll have friends and maybe family, I pray it'll be a blessed time of communion and fellowship around the goodness of God. So would you go with us now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Why don't you shake one another's hand as we do. How I love the family of God. I'm throwing some old ones at you, Ben. Oh, how I love this family.